Welcome, 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 welcome to yet another episode of the Zest Wellness Podcast. quick message before we jump into this podcast episode and that is have you joined the zest wellness platform yet you can do so at www.joinzestwellness.com if you want to explore what zest wellness is all about you can find us also on our social media platforms such as facebook instagram and twitter with that being said enjoy this episode Today we have a very special guest from the Bahamas. She is an advocate for physical rehabilitation, fitness, wellness, and her name is Dr. Roll. Dr. Roll comes to us with a background in health, sports, and exercise science, and specifically among her many and her diverse skill set, a doctor of physical therapy. She is so much more than, than academics and education and, and, and practical clinical experience in that she's an author, a speaker, and a CEO, which is amazing how she's diversified her skill set from health and also to business to make that much more of a physical impact. When she's not in the clinic, when she's not running her business, She's also involved with groups such as the Bahamas Association of Physical Therapy, and she is very involved in aquatic therapy. What seems to set Dr. Roll apart from the rest is her philosophy of living free from painkillers and overall having a very positive attitude and encouragement towards others. With that being said, we're going to start our podcast with Dr. Roll, and we're also joined with our wellness team from Bahamas and Cayman, and the group of wellness coordinators of Donovan, Naval, and Glenn. So to everyone, welcome to the Zest Wellness Podcast. Good morning. Thank you, sir. Good morning. Nathan, thank you so much for uh, a glorious introduction, and thank Mm -hmm. you for starting us off so well. So I'm just going to jump into it for our listeners so we can get started. So we are working with a 30-minute segment, so let's try and answer as many questions as we possibly can. Okay. Again, Dr. Rule, I thank you again for coming and joining us today, and I hope our listeners enjoy today's podcast on ergonomics and back pain. So to get started, can you tell me, what does ergonomics mean? Yeah, I know. It's such a big word, right? And it seems so fancy, ergonomics. Um, but ergonomics just basically boils down to the study of how efficient a worker is in their environment. So that could relate from anywhere, anything from like the systems that we work with at work to our, our um, physical environment, the lighting, the air control, uh, the equipment that we use on a daily basis, the, the telephone, the, um, the laptop or the computer. Uh, our chair, that sort of thing. So uh, it just relates to how efficient a person can be in their work environment. 
it's interesting that you said um, just now that it, it affects all the factors of the environment. You mentioned lighting yeah. and temperature. Oh, yeah. I actually always imagined ergonomics some, uh, as someone sitting down to a desk right. and being slouched over or leaning over mm. or a computer screen being at an angle and not in front of them. Yeah, that's true. Can you give us a, a, a visual of how someone at their desk can establish proper ergonomics when sitting to the computer? Okay, well, so that's a big question oh. and that will vary, right? Okay. From person to person. It would vary on, like you said, um, so many dynamics of that person. But um, typically, you know, you want to have an environment that, um, that the person or the worker feels comfortable in. So again, the temperature of the room is huge, um, will affect anything that will affect posture, the lighting, um, even the person in terms of if they wear glasses or not, that would de determine how close or how far away we need to position their, their uh, monitor from them. Their chair is another big one. The way their hands are positioned on the desk um, supported is, is what we definitely recommend mostly, um, even down to their feet, where their feet are on the floor, uh, will determine how their hips are in alignment with their back. And it just keeps going up all the way. It can go up to the neck. So it just, it will depend. The short answer is it depends on the, um, the setup of the person, even if they're right or left-handed. Right. Yeah. Cause where they're, their, their compute, their um, mouse would be in relation to their phone on their desk. All of those things play a role when you're talking about um, setting up a desk or a workstation properly. And I'm sure um, having that proper setup will um, determine how productive the individual is at work or exactly. how engaged they are with being at work that day as well too, right? Right. And I, I'm, I'm sure that the overall impact of proper ergonomics is to ensure that the spine and the back are well protected to alleviate joint pain in the long run. Correct. Right. You're right. Yeah. Because, I mean, the more comfortable you are, the better you're going to work. Sure. That just, that kind of just makes a lot of sense, right? If you're uncomfortable, if your posture, posture is huge uh, when talking about ergonomics, um, just posture in, in general, but in terms of ergonomics, in terms of um, the the corporate setting, um, those people that right. <laughs> I guess all of our listeners are like, tuning in. Yeah, exactly. Or as they listen on their phone and their head is down there, their shoulders are rounded. Those sorts of things. Those uh, posture posture is huge in in in, in relation to pain, in relation to back pain, neck pain. Um, we know that the straighter you are, your air is being in line with your your shoulders um, is a good point of reference whenever you're sitting in or driving um, to be to be aware of you know so posture is huge. So we all yeah. yeah the thing that I tell people in the clinic I ask them what is their favorite thing they like to drink right yeah. so some people say water some people say air or whatever I say okay we'll put that right on top of your head. Right, an imaginary water bottle on your head. So you want to keep that uh, bottle there. So if you slouch forward, you bring your head and your, your shoulders down. What's going to happen to that water? It's going to fall. It's going to fall right on you. But if you if you are uh, aligned, like I said, with the air and the, the shoulder, that that water bottle, that imaginary water bottle, will stay on. So just a cue, like 
like that, as simple as it is, water bottle, whatever your favorite thing is that you like to, coffee, I see you like coffee. So just think about coffee when you sit at the desk, or coffee, sit up tall, you know, like a cue to kind of remember. I think you're creating a lot of beauty pageant um, catwalk walk <laughs> right now. <laughs> People are like, why? But that's, that's, that's but important, it's, that's, that's it's, interesting. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, you, you mentioned like the corporate setting. Yeah. And when you talk to execs and, and people like that who had these concerns, the theme is my back, my back, my back. Oh, and, yeah. and I think the biggest idea with that is it also it boils down to how people are positioned. Yes. So whenever direction is given from professionals and things like that, one of the first things they look to correct is, well, how are you sitting? Like, how are you positioned throughout the course of the day? Um, like, what are your natural, you know, habits and things like that? They try to correct that first. Right. So I think that's a big part of, um, I guess, corporate ergonomics. But there's very seldom mention of the environment, the the, the temperature in the room, your glasses, yeah. like things of that nature. Sure. Those are very, very informative points um, for us. So thanks for sharing that. Yes, good. Yeah. And other things you want to consider, too, um, the length of time. Yes. You're sitting. Yes. That's huge, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, we're recommending that you sit at least 20 minutes or less right. at a time. So how many people, especially my corporate people, right. I'm looking at you guys right now, right? I'm thinking to myself, I'm sitting yeah, 20 20 minutes. Minutes. Oh, I'm going to just sit for 20 minutes. I would never get anything done. No, but what we, we have found through research For shorter bursts of time, mm -hmm. your body responds better to that long, sustained time. Because, for example, if you know, I say to you, proper posture. Mm -hmm. How are you? How are you really going to maintain that for an hour? Yeah, right. It's right. a lot of work. Posture is not easy. It's you will feel it. Yeah. It's mindfulness. Yeah. So after twenty minutes, take a rest. You could put a, a timer on your phone, or what some corporate um, people have done is put it on their. Um, Screensaver. Yeah. So 20 minutes comes out and they get a little alarm on their, their screen that says, get up. Get up and get another glass of water. Yeah. Right? Go to the restroom. Go to the coffee maker. Go, you know, we have become very, I'm going to say we, people have evolved. Yeah. Have become very um, civilized yeah. and very um, like static. Static. Right. Whereas our bodies are designed to move. So that's one of the reasons why we say, okay, for long stay. Watch out for that. You know, it's funny you said that to say put a timer on the phone or on the desk or computer. Yeah. In fact, that's part of our wellness strategies. Uh -huh. A lot of our employees who are listening are wearing fitness tracking devices and they have notifications that they can get on the or timers they can get on these fitness tracking devices. Mm -hmm. So a simpler setting a timer every on top of every hour, maybe yeah. every half hour. Yeah. Just to ensure that they stand walk about for a minute or two. Standing desk. Correct. So I think that may be also an encouragement for employers to consider as well. Yeah, because yeah. you can, you know, anything that's going to be dynamic, that right. you can move, right? You yeah. can, the standing desk, they, I, correct me if I'm wrong, they, you can stand for a little bit and then you can sit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You could go in between, right? Yeah, exactly. You can put it down, right? Exactly. That's how our bodies are designed. So we are uh, movable people. We are, you know, when you're not moving, you're dead. Yeah. Oh, sorry, so exactly. you gotta move. <laughs> well, we're happy to encourage you to move actually because 
as part of our program too, is to get persons to move and get more steps. And we find that the more steps they get, the healthier they'll be. So aside from protecting their back, we'll also help them to establish some forms of weight maintenance, which is also very important for them. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So um, I have another question for you, Dr. Rowe. Sure. Uh, I hope this is not a, a left-wing question, but yeah. can you tell me what is the difference between prehabilitation and rehabilitation? So it's, it's really simple if you just break down the word pre means before. So yeah, just so before, anything really happens to you and if it really happens before the slip and fall or before um, a surgery for example you can have what we call prehab which um, would be exercises stretches done um, for you for that particular goal that you want to achieve so for example there was somebody going for knee surgery mm. prehab for them sometimes would the physician or sometimes their own um, inclination they want to do exercises that's going to help them with the rehab which is like getting them back to their pre-injury state right so in rehab would be like after after something occurred like I had an issue with um, my rotator cuff or I had to have surgery or uh, I did actually slip in fall. I need to get back to where I was before that fall. Um, so rehab is kind of after the after an injury, and pre is kind of taking that step before. Okay. Yeah, is to prevent. Is prehab? Do you find that prehab is also used as a preventative measure to avoid injuries? Correct. Like rotator cuff injuries, yeah. and like, you know, some of the smaller ancillary muscles are. Um, like yeah, that. we don't get a lot of people that want to prevent, right? We, right? we usually see the people in the clinic after. Yeah, yeah. Um, reactive in nature. It, yeah, we are definitely that kind of people. We, we kind of don't work on something until it's exactly. broken, you know? Don't, yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, prehab would definitely be more in your preventative. Yeah. So uh, people who, and even like wellness, because you're exercising, taking care of your body, those mm -hmm. sorts of things. They can be considered uh, prehab, but you know, prehab, I guess, would be more so specific. Like yeah. if you, like you said, you yeah. mentioned a specific goal. Yeah. Whereas wellness is just a whole person, right. it's a whole being. That kind of so, thing. so is, is stretching on a regular basis considered prehab then in my case? Well, yeah. It, what, what are you stretching? Like, like if lower you back, lower back stretch, like hamstrings, yeah. some shoulders and neck. Yes. Definitely, yeah. If you're doing it um, for a specific reason, consistently, yeah, I would consider that pretty high. Is, is it is it important to stretch several times in a day or just one time a day is good? Well, it depends. I definitely think once a day is is okay. like the gold standard for mm -hmm. all people, you know, to, to stretch. If you have a particular tightness, like some people are more tighter in their upper body, like in their um, neck area. And especially those people who are sitting at the desk. I find that a lot of the execs, they come in and they have a lot of pain and tension here. So those sorts of people who um, have already experiencing pain or trouble, they should they should stretch more. Yeah. So even I would recommend uh, when you come to me, I'm telling you three times a day, yeah, morning, good. mid, and, um, and at night. Oh, you're intense. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm play. yeah just to uh, get the person back. Okay. Yeah. So you, you mentioned um, pain, and I, I think Glenn would have um, highlighted some injuries. Um, as it relates to back pain issues, what is the prevalence of ind individuals with 
acute versus non-acute injuries? Yeah, well, to be, um, believe it or not, back pain is huge. A lot of people have back pain. Yeah. 80% almost, um, one study, uh, one source from the World Health Organization, uh, about 80% of people in their life will experience some type of back pain. Right. So it's, it's very popular. Um, but what you uh, want to know is that it's okay, like acute versus non-acute yeah. or acute versus chronic. So two different things, right? right? Acute is anywhere um, you've had an injury for less than like about four weeks or so. Okay. So you may have sat at the desk for a while and it hurts a little bit and I feel this pain now, this is my, this is acute. Right. Uh, if you were to wait, and you had that pain for over four weeks, going into more like 12 weeks, 12 weeks or more, we're looking at chronic, right? right? And so chronic pain also relates to uh, age, lifestyle, arthritis, those, those, the big A, I use mm -hmm. that term in my clinic, the big A, <laughs> arthritis, and which so many people have so many thoughts on arthritis, but um, it's, you know, Arthritis, I'm going down the chronic side, right. chronic low back pain as it relates to arthritis of the spine and that sort of thing. Yeah. Arthritis is just wear and tear of your joints, right? right? Everyone at some point, we're going to experience wear and tear. Yeah. But again, the things that we do, prehab, wellness, those yeah. sorts of things are going to slow down and keep us and preserve us from feeling the effects of, of um, arthritis and chronic and that sort of thing. So if you have back pain, you're listening, you're in a, a popular place. A lot of people in their life have I've had back pain. I don't yeah. know if anybody here has yeah, had yeah. back pain. It's, 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 it's the common. worst. It's, yeah. it's, it's so uncomfortable. Um, I've had um, herniated it before. Oh. Uh, it's so uncomfortable. As simple as the things that you take for granted is tying your laces or putting on a shirt and tie, you know. Mm -hmm. Those things become so uncomfortable in trying to accommodate or accomplish. Exactly. You know? So um, a person's um, ability of natural life is taken away. And yeah. I think preventative care, like you said, preserving health in terms of prehab yeah. is very beneficial. I encourage it. You know? Yeah. And um, like I said, if you know, a lot of people, you hit, you, you hit on to, I guess, some other things that I know we're going to talk about with the uh, herniated disc and the bulging disc, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people, if you take, I just said the number, I said 80% of the population, and you take a, uh, for people who do not have pain on a day-to-day. -day. Yeah. So for example, myself, I don't have pain right now, but if you were to take a MRI of, of, a gen, of, of my spine, you may find herniated disc. Sure. You may find bulging disc. This is something that is common. Right. <clears throat> now, um, I'm asymptomatic, I don't feel any pain, mm -hmm. but if I was to sit at a desk for a long period of time, uh, don't exercise, my muscles are weak, right. uh, I maybe in a car accident, I'm just giving you scenarios right. where some my, my spine started off uh, with a herniated disc, but I didn't feel anything, but it took an event. It took uh, a sustained long posture, and now I'm having symptoms. Right. It's, it's that simple. So I'm, 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 what I'm trying to say is if you have low back pain, or if you have a herniated disc, or if you've been diagnosed with a 
from this, uh, it's, it's pretty common. It's not the end of the world. Uh, there are things that you can do to, to get yourself back out of that pain free zone. That pain zone. I think you, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Dr. Rowe, can you differentiate um, a herniated disc from a bulging disc? Okay. So I, that our listeners know what, what's the difference between the two. I love this question because, um, first of all, let's start about what, like, what is the disc, right? Sure. So we have our spine and their, their bones, yeah. right? And in between the bones, we have like cushions so that our bones don't rub together. But those cushions are our discs. Um, and I could explain it to you like this. The, the disc, think about the disc like a jelly donut, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, you have a small jelly part in the middle. Sorry, I just I got Homer Simpson, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jelly donut. Well, let's think about a jelly donut sandwich. Okay. I don't know why we do this, but anyway, so you get the idea what I'm saying. Yeah. You have the jelly donut, right. and then you have like two pieces of bread in between. Those pieces of bread on the on I mean not in between on top and on the bottom. You have mm -hmm. the jelly donut in the in between those two pieces. So um, the the bread on the top and the bottom those would be like our bones of our spine. Got it? You following me? Okay. And then the, the donut would be our uh, disc. Mm -hmm. So the disc is um, very soft is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. It's it's gelatinous. It's jelly-lighter. Mm -hmm. It is uh, also very, um, it's fluid. It's filled sure. with water. Right. Um, so there's an outer ring of the donut. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with the spine. There's an outer ring. Mm -hmm. And then there's a small little jelly um filling in between yeah. and so a herniated disc uh, or a bulge disc which mm -hmm. are the same or a slip disc mm -hmm. those are all the same terms for the same thing okay because okay? mm -hmm. sometimes people say i have a bulge disc i have a slip disc yeah it's all the same thing okay. so what it means is that a little part of that jelly filling has moved out into like that outer ring of, okay. the, of the of the um disc okay. now you have things like um Prolapsed discs. You have things like extruded discs. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you have have thing. You you can even characterize how herniated the disc is. Mm -hmm. So small, medium, large, extra large. I've seen even on some um, MRIs uh, that sort of thing. How far it relates to how far that jelly part has moved out into the outer ring. Mm -hmm. of the disc. I hope that makes sense. It does. Okay. I, I, when, when we lose that liquid in yeah. TVA in the disc, is it possible to get to regain that liquid in um, between the discs? That's a hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. um, after, I think, the age is like 18, uh -huh. our body, the, the, the regeneration of our own body being able to reestablish that cell or that, that um, Fluid in, in, in the disc is, is less. Oh, wow. If you're a smoker, that's less. Oh, wow. If you're overweight, that's less. Genetics also have a, has a, a huge uh, part to play in that. Is um, that the same synovial fluid that's in your other joints? Or no. is it a different type of fluid? Yeah, it's different. It's oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it's a different type of fluid okay. together, yeah. Wow. And in terms of exercise then, yeah. so, what, what exercises do you recommend to 
kind of alleviate pains or discomfort for individuals may have, that may have a herniated or bulging disc. Okay, good. I like that um, question. So, um, one size does not fit all, right? Mm. But if you have a herniated disc, which we already established is the same as a bulge disc or a slip disc, mm -hmm. one of the best exercises, if you can, um, to do is to uh, lay on your stomach mm -hmm. with your hands propped up. Are you familiar with like the cobra, okay. cobra or baby cobra? Just joking. Yeah. But, um, okay, just imagine you laying down on your stomach. And then you kind of come up on your on your forearms. Right, on your elbows. You press up on your elbows. Yeah. We call those prone press ups. So so Someone like a plank. It's like a plank, but your whole your stomach, your it's lower actually is actually on the on the mat or on the so floor. So you're hyper extended. You're hyper, yeah. But I don't, you know that's such a big. Yes. You, you may not know it, yeah. But you're hyper extending, okay. or you're going into extension on your stomach. Gotcha. Yeah, in your, in your spine. Are your toes pressed down towards the floor? It's like you're almost just laying on your stomach. Okay. Just lay on your stomach. Some people, when they're so symptomatic and they come to me, they can't even go into the um, laying on their stomach. Mm -hmm. What we do is, and if that's you and you're listening, you would start with, well, first off, don't do this unless you are, um, you're seeing the therapist and okay. if you're that painful. Okay. But... Um, some people, like I said, can't even go onto their stomach right away. You have to put a pillow underneath their stomach to kind of prop up their lower back. Mm -hmm. uh, um, maybe sometimes I have to use two pillows. That's how uh, impacted their discs are from the herniation or the, or the bulging. Um, so but you go on your stomach and you lie there. Even if, you, if that's comfortable for you, you can start there. But if you're not symptomatic, like for example, you mentioned you... Um, have had issues in the past, mm -hmm. um, you can probably fully extend or go all the way back uh, into what we call like Cobra is the name right. that, the, you know, some of the yoga postures use, yeah. Um, and uh, you can hold that for about 10 to 15 seconds and do up to five at a time. Just that simple uh, stretch is good. For getting the and um, keeping this uh, in alignment. I'm guessing too that type of movement would be good for persons experiencing acute pain. Mm -hmm. I guess like some pain within the last four weeks. Mm -hmm. um, they can do this in their bed before they go to, before they go to bed at night time. Just lay on the stomach. Yes. Um, press okay. the elbows down. Try and stretch the lower back. Yeah. And I guess the goal is to kind of to, uh, to realign the spine. Is that yes. it? Is yeah. to kind of get those discs that are protruding out to suck back into place. Mm. So when you come back, it's like you, um, in your spine, you're you're getting like negative pressure to help to get the disc back into place. Mm -hmm. And so that's the theory behind it. That's one of the things when you come to me, I will start you off with um, mm. any good for you that um, would do the same in terms of getting you back uh, to, to, to feeling better uh, if you're symptomatic. Or if you're, like you said, if you're not, that's a good thing to do. To keep you from the kind of prehab, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly. That's mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so there's there's certain things that are often associated with back pain. We hear things like sciatica. Oh yes. Um, and that's that's often common when someone has. I, I think it's more so lower back pain. Mm -hmm. So can you explain the correlation between sciatica and lower back issues or back in back injuries in general? Sure. Yeah. 
Um, because I get that a lot. I have sciatic, I have, I have sciatic nerve. And I'm like, yes, you do. Everybody do. has it. <laughs> no, it's just because, you know, you get lost in the medical terminology. Sure. sure. And the sciatic nerve is just like the biggest nerve in your body. Right. Okay. And it comes from the lower back. It extends from the lower back. Right. Um, sometimes if you have a herniated disc or you have a bulging disc, depending on how far that disc is protruding out, it can sometimes uh, impact the nerve or pinch the nerve. I know you've heard that, like pinch nerve, yeah, I have yeah, a pinch yeah. nerve. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing is what is happening or going on. Sometimes though, the, the sciatic nerve, which extends, like I said, from the lower back, it goes um, through the butt. Yeah. Behind the leg, like by the hamstring, passes the knee, goes around to the calf, and then goes all the way down to the uh, toes. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when uh, people come in, they could not only have a herniated disc or or um, have a bulging disc, but they actually have tightness in their butt muscle, yeah. which is causing that that big nerve, the sciatic nerve that goes by the butt muscle to become entrapped. Or impinged, yeah. and when that big nerve is entrapped or impinged, that causes pain like no other. Yeah. It causes tightness. Yeah. It causes numbness sometimes. Sometimes tingling. Sometimes yeah. even weakness, depending on how bad uh, that nerve is impacted. And so um, it, it is a common thing a lot of times, but not. I want to specify just because you have a herniated disc or or a bulging disc does not necessarily mean that you will have sciatic so, nerve issues. Okay. Those, those two things are separate, but can be seen together, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's the big thing with sciatic nerve. Um, pain and all is not lost if you're listening and you have that too. Yeah. Because there are certain things you can do to want stretch out the area that's tight. So if it's the butt that when you come to physical therapy and you see that uh, we, we do an assessment and we see that, oh, it's the, it's the butt. Um, I'm using that word uh, broadly, but there, you know, the butt is made up of different muscles. Yeah. So usually, I don't know if you've heard of, of a muscle, it's a very small muscle. It's usually the culprit, um, the piriformis, yes. yes, which is a very tiny muscle in, your, in, in, your, um, in the anatomy of your, of your hip or your butt. And um, sometimes the, the sciatic nerve, when it goes through the butt, it can get or through the piriformis, it's where it gets tight. So if it, if we do an assessment, we find, oh, it's the piriformis. Let's stretch out the piriformis. Mm -hmm. If it's the hamstring, you come into me and you could barely do a, a straight leg or you could barely uh, touch your toes, your ham, when you go to touch your toes, your, your knees are bent. Okay, it's not, it could be your hamstring because it's tight there. So let's stretch the hamstring. If it's your calf muscle, like I said, the the, the sciatic nerve does go through your calf. Mm -hmm. So if we find as though that's where the tightness is coming from, it's just a matter of stretching and making sure we know what um, is causing, what is the root or what is causing the pain. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a matter of working with that particular cause. Mm -hmm. I have an off-the-wall question. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, as a kid growing up, you always hear you shouldn't crack your knuckles. Oh, right? yeah. so what you, what's your thoughts on that in terms of it causing arthritis? Yeah, so that's a myth. So yeah, you could okay. you could definitely crack 
your knuckles. You could cr- even, can you crack your spine? Some oh, people can I, do that. Like they can I know do that. I can. Um, it's not a bad thing because all you're doing is really like um, you're two and two things, right? That pop that you hear, that's like a gas exchange between your, your um, joints when you, when you make that, um, when you're kind of almost bending the, 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 if you're talking about knuckle in particular, right. your finger, you're bending your finger past its normal range and it's causing uh, an, a gas exchange. To, and that gas exchange is that pop or that audible sound that we hear. Sometimes it could also be like the ligaments mm-hmm. on the side of your um, joint kind of just moving over your joint. Okay. So you hear that, you know, that cracking sometimes, um, when you get when you're getting up in age, you go to stand up here yeah, like a lot of crack or crack, crack mm. those kinds of things. It's just like your ligaments or your structure is moving over your joint. Mm. So I tell patients when you hear that, if you do that and it's not painful, that's fine. Mm. Now, if you go and you do that and you get stuck mm. and it's painful, you have a problem. Oh, wow. Yeah, because obviously it's not normal. <laughs> but I'm guessing I'm not as low as I think I am because when I sit and stand, I have those cracking knees or cracking back on those, but... No, no, you're, you're just normal. You're just, <laughs> you're, you know, and then, you know, if you're active, like, you know, playing tennis, I can right. say that you play, yeah. and that's a very impactful sport like we were talking about. Um, and those sorts of things will, will kind of relate to how much wear and tear you have on your joint. Okay. So, like, somebody like you who... Who, who does a lot more activity that is impactful to their joints, they're going to feel that and they're going to hear that type of um, sound more than, say, a person who does, y'all was cracking up on my yoga, uh-huh. a person who does yoga, a person who does like a Pilates or an aerobics, those are less impactful okay. exercises. And therefore, on the long term, they do less um, wear and tear to the joint. And therefore, you know, the people who do that type of exercise still gonna have the um, the cracks, but it may not be as much as say a person who's a runner or a, a tennis player or a basketball player, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Keeping the conversation on um, less impactful exercises, mm-hmm. can you recommend some less impactful exercises that our listeners can do yeah. for those who may be older and want to get into exercise, sure. or those who may be experiencing some knee or lower back pain at the moment? Yeah, so want to exercise? Yeah, for sure. Like we we mentioned just now, um, the aqua aerobics, yeah. water exercise. All that is is exercise in the water. Mm-hmm. For those who um, I know sometimes in the Caribbean we 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 have we're surrounded by water, but we sometimes don't like to go in it because of all these different fears and things like that. Shark attacks, shark attacks, <laughs> and, and all of this stuff, which is very still rare, right? Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. hear about this, but you hear about this. But anyway, um, the exercise in the water is good because um, you don't you have buoyancy, right? And you don't you can you have less impact on your joint buoyancy, like our ability to float yeah. in the water. We eliminate and escape gravity in water. So when we're on land, we have the effects of gravity, which is a force. We have the effects of our own body weight, which is a force. And uh, we have, if we're jumping or running or, or uh, um, moving, like doing you know, those box jumps and things I see people do, those are very impactful. We're gonna have a lot of impact on um, wear and tear on the joint versus if you were to do a, uh, a jump box in the water, or 
There's also things like Pilates, which is um, good because it does two things. You can stretch and strengthen at the same time in, in some of the exercise forms that, that, you know, certain sequences and things that they have. There's yoga. Um, there are um, like chair exercises for like the older uh, population. Uh, you can still get a good workout in the chair, you know. Yeah. 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 So those things are more so the less impactful exercises that people can do. What, Even walking, you're gonna say that. Huh? No, so, oh. so what about spinning? I know that spinning is a big system. Like Soul Cycle is all around the Cycle's world. Good too, it's yeah. good too. Yeah, cycling is not as um, impactful as running. Okay. Yeah, so cycling is, is you know, is a, I would consider it a little impactful for sure. Mm. And also as a wellness coordinator, we, we we tend to like to recommend. And then yoga, so it's oh. good that versus not yoga. Yeah. Because not only do they get that exercise, but there's also the meditation component oh. associated with it. Yes. And that it's also supposed to help relax the individual. You know? Right. And I think that's also a really good recommendation you post. So yeah. No problem. Definitely. Yeah, I like that. So in regards to running, um, I know you said that running should be is an impactful exercise. Yes. So is it um any platform you would recommend to our runners? I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who are runners like myself as well. Yeah. Okay. Running isn't bad. Don't I don't want yeah. anybody to think that. I was hoping you were going to say it's bad. So I hate running. Oh, I know. I hate running. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's also very good. Right. Um. And um, here's the difference: if you've been running for a while, um, your body is conditioned for the impact. Um, in fact, you know, they runners have this thing and they get a runner's high. Mm -hmm. Right? You <laughs> yeah. mess with a runner and when they come to me, they're like the first question, when can I get back on the road yeah. to run? Yeah. Right? Running is okay. Um couple things you gotta keep in mind. You wanna keep in mind your footwear, right? You wanna be changing out your tennis how often? You know? How yeah. when's the last time you changed your um shoes? six months ago. Okay, so six months isn't bad. Okay. okay, so every three to six months, depending oh. on the mileage. Uh, okay. Me, me and Donovan, we don't run as much, so we could get away with how quick and, uh, we need to change our tennis okay. shoes. And a good, a good point of reference is if you look at your shoe, um, your running shoe, if it's worn on uh, on one sorry. side or the other, mm -hmm. um, when I say worn, you know, like you can look at a tie, you feel like a ball, you know, it's yeah. kind of okay. slippery, that sort of thing, you need to. Get rid of it and change it out. So not just pretty on top, but also pretty at the bottom. Right, it has mm. to it has to have traction and, and support you, support your foot, your ankle, your knee when you're running. So that's a big um, um, thing, a tip you can look into. Then um, yeah, the surface, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you if you're not symptomatic, you're not having any issues, you're running, you're running fine. The pavement, the the um, uh, what do you call it? The um, top. Yeah, it's a, that's that's what you're used to. You're not having any issue. That's fine. Okay. But if it, it was somebody like an, a person who had an injury to the knee or the ankle and they're just going back for the first time, I would tell them to go on a softer surface, a less impactful surface, before you go into the hard the, the the harder surface, right? And then everything just goes with um, your frequency and duration, okay. right? Even for you who who you know you're a runner. You want to make sure that um, you know you just don't jump into things. You kind of gradually progress toward the goal, but never to try to say one day 
um, I've never done one. So one day I'm just going to pop up and start running a marathon. You know, that is just logically doesn't make sense. And to your body physically, it won't be that. Yeah. I when I go to the beach quite often, I find that persons who are running would run on the sand. Yeah. What's your thoughts of running on the sand? Yeah. Is that is that safe? Because it, it looks kind of dangerous in my in my in my personal opinion. It's sand, you got to be careful. Okay. okay. There's hard sand and then there's soft sand, right? The mm. hard sand closer to the to the water sure. to the shore is gonna be a little easier for mm-hmm. you to run on because yeah. it, it it it's more flat. stable. Yeah. yeah, it's more stable stability. Um, so for, um, if you're new to running on the sand, I would definitely tell you to start there. Yeah. Um, but if you, and if you're a runner and you, you feel as though you have good stability and you want to get like a good, quick burst of, of aerobic exercise, uh, running on the, the softer sand or the sand that's further away from the shoreline, um, will give you that. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be tougher up there. Okay. So just kind of know your limits, know, you know. How much you can take in terms of running? You already established the need. You yeah, no, ain't gonna be doing that. Yeah, first, no, you don't run. Yeah. But for somebody like Naval that runs, and he may say, "Okay, I wanna, I wanna, one, it is less impact on the on on the joints, the mm-hmm. sand, because it has that give." Right, right, right. So one day you may say, "I just want to do a, a a a burst at the end of my, I don't know how you train or whatever. You may want to just get a different type of cross training. You want to figure sure. something out." Um, that's going to give your joints a little rest, right. um, but it's still going to keep you out doing fit. And then you feel like, yes, you just run sand, you know, oh, whatever, that run is high. <laughs> you all get. But that, um, yeah, you just got to know your limits. Yeah. yeah. Be mindful of things like your joint integrity and yeah. things like that, just to make sure you don't get quite an injury. Exactly. Yeah. Know, you know, yeah. know what it is you could do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, You've uh, spoken a whole lot about back pain, talked a lot about ergonomics, talked about uh, rehab and prehab. Um, can you tell us, what do you think, uh, what, are, uh, what are exercises that are really back for individuals who may have joint pains? Right. So those are the same um, kind of things we were talking about. So exercise, for if you are having joint pain, um, an exercise that you want to stay away from would be your high impact exercises okay. you want if you have joint pain like um back or knee uh you don't want to be hanging out with naval <laughs> <laughs> you want to hang out with us you want to work out in that water um if you haven't pain uh you don't want to be doing things like jumping jacks and uh just like plyometrics is what they call it like anything that's like you know, you're, you're, you're jumping. So don't be a bunny rabbit. No, basically. like just, just um, you can still exercise in a safe environment. You can still get good intensity, but in a less impactful environment. Okay. So stay away from like, the, the um, harder surfaces and move into like the yoga and those sorts of things. All right, Dr. Rose. So we want to say thank you so much. You have given us... Uh, excellent demonstration and understanding of ergonomics and how to reduce back pain. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought that you did a good job today. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. and We hope that our listeners did enjoy. But one more question before we do conclude. Sure. If our listeners are interested to speak to you directly, sure. how can they reach you? Oh, no problem. So they can visit my website, um, 
www.paramountrehabfitness.com. They can give us a call, um, 242-698-1040. Those are the two uh, quicker ways that you can get in contact with us. And on our website, we have a lot of free information, a blog. We have a blog there that would be pretty active. And certain things that we talked about today, even um, the three... Uh, top ways you can uh, stretch in the office. Mm-hmm. You can find those those sorts of tips on our website awesome. as well. Mm-hmm. Well, again, thank you, and I also thank my team, Glenn and Naval, thank and you. also Nathan who's joining on the call as well. Yes. We hope our listeners enjoy, and we hope that they take your advice soundly. And we encourage them to get out and exercise, but be very responsible. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> thank you, guys. Thank too. you. Thank you. <laughs> And there you have it. That was our podcast with Dr. Roll, focused on ergonomics and back pain, featuring our Bahamas and Cayman wellness teams. It's so nice to reflect on how much we really learned from Dr. Roll. The gentleman started the conversation with Dr. Roll all about kind of defining what ergonomics was and the importance of posture. They then went to the topics of prehabilitation, rehabilitation, touched on what wellness really means, conditions such as herniated or bulging discs, arthritis. We talked about the amazing metaphor from Dr. Roll about a jelly donut sandwich. We then concluded the conversation talking about the, the power of aquatics and types of footwear when running. As talked about in the episode, if you want to learn more about Dr. Roll, you can contact her and find tips at the website www.paramountrehabfitness.com. And as always, Zest Wellness is here for you. We have a platform you can enroll in. We have community events you can take part in. How you enroll in the platform is through www.joinzestwellness.com.